0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hello everyone how's it going welcome back to confused and homicidal well, yeah
2: thank you so much for joining us again we're so excited to have you here yeah
1: we, we really hope that you listened to episode one and really enjoyed that if you didn't definitely definitely go go listen to that
2: that right. is a very interesting case like it's probably one you haven't heard and it absolutely shocked and floored me
1: it was it was a very fun case and so yeah um, so last week was my case but this week it's gonna be it's Tori's case.
2: This week I'm homicidal this time. Woo.
1: Yes, and I am confused as it goes. <laughs>
2: yeah, which is not very often. I'm more so confused. So this is very exciting. But the case that I've chosen this week was one that I've hid from Andrew like. I'm not even, like, my, I'm angled away from him so he can't see my computer. Yes,
1: I'm very expectantly waiting, anxiously waiting, maybe that's the word, but, that's like, what? I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> she was talking to one of our other friends uh, earlier, and she made me leave so <laughs> that she could tell him what case she was doing, because she didn't want me to hear, <laughs> so she's been doing everything possible in her power to to try to keep this away from me.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But and tonight the waiting is over. So
1: hopefully it was worth
2: it. <laughs> you look so expected, I'm probably gonna
1: disappoint Drumble, you. Please
2: <laughs>
0: <Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da>.
2: <laughs> this week we are doing the case of Arthur Shawcross. Woo <whistles>
1: Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Cool.
2: Yes, that was my goal. <laughs> so he is also known of as the Monster of the Rivers, the Butcher of Rochester, the Genesee River Strangler, and the Genesee River Killer. So let's okay. start out. He was born June 6 nineteen forty-five, in kittery Maine. But at a very early age, he was moved to Watertown, New York. And so he described his life as like his childhood, especially, is very turbulent. And he said that he had very difficult relationships with both of his parents. And he th- also very much cites his domineering mother for a lot of his later troubles that he experienced, like, down the road when he wasn't a serial killer.
1: It's always the mommy issues. <laughs>
2: I don't know why. <laughs> like, why is it... Like, it's always the mommy issues. And they t- Like, a lot of them tend to be domineering. Like, mm-hmm. Edmund Kempers, his mother was insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so but like his family did say that he had a normal childhood Mm -hmm. like everybody else says that he was a liar because he kind of was like he was a prolific liar but he also said that when he was little he had some of the behavioral problems like as an early child which i mean we all did but he was definitely to another level he bullied a lot of other children in school and he also wet the bed till an older age than that is normal
1: i was watching uh, a documentary on serial killers, and that was one of the signs was, is he a bed wetter?
2: The McDonald Triad.
1: And yes, that one. And I, I didn't realize that. And yeah. Then I wet the bed when I was a kid. <laughs>
2: <Andrew>. <laughs> that's terrifying. I know. You're showing at least a third of the McDonald Triad.
1: Good thing I'm not homicidal this week.
2: Yeah. Thing. Good thing it's me this week. But last week and the next week, be careful. <laughs> 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 no one knows I'm being so loud. <laughs> oh my goodness. But so when he's younger, <laughs> he claimed that his aunt molested him when he was nine years old, and that he also had relation- sexual relations with his younger sister.
1: That's kind of weird.
2: Tell me about it. But <laughs> it is all. He also had a bunch of other like sexual. Like he was very like obsessed with like sexual things when so he was very young. He said that he experimented a lot with different things, which I really don't want to get into because <laughs> we're gonna try and keep this not rated R. Yeah. To the best of our ability, especially not this one. But he, yeah, like cousins. It also sounded like him, and like na- younger neighbors. So is. He was introduced to a lot when he was way too young.
1: It's always sad when I, when I hear stuff like that. I know,
2: it just, it's so sad. Yeah, but then again, um, his family and friends, like siblings, did say that this was all, of, like, mostly a product of his imagination. But, like, there really is no way to know, like, who was right. But, and, like, interestingly, like, he would change his stories during interviews, like, over, like, the course of, like, later investigations. Like, his stories never stayed the mm-hmm. same. Which could always be, like, it's normal for your stories to change. But there's also, like, a point where they don't.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, where it completely changes. that mm-hmm. Red flags and stuff.
2: So, yeah. And, like, I don't know if it was, like, the big details or the small details. So, like, we'll really never know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in school, he... Didn't really show up much, he had lots of truancy issues, and he also had a relatively low IQ. Like, the normal IQ is from, like, 85 to 115 is, like, the average IQ range Mm -hmm. for people. He had an IQ of 86, so he was at the lower end, which is, like, really low. That is. And so he also had the tendency to bully and be violent toward other students, so he was Mm -hmm. a very mean child. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was also under suspicion of like juvenile arson attacks and burglaries. And so unfortunately he dropped out of school after failing to pass ninth grade. He actually like was in that grade for like uh-huh. two to three years until yeah. eventually he was just old enough to drop out. Wow. And he just yeah, never finished high school he never finished the ninth grade.
1: Man, I can't imagine dropping out after freshman year of high school.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so sad. I was fourteen yeah. in freshman I was year.
1: Thirteen. <laughs>
2: 14 for most of it. But, yeah, so he never finished the ninth grade. And so after he gradu- after he dropped out, uh, the next few years were, like, he did a lot of violent things. And so he was sentenced to jail quite a bit. And so, like, not, like, murder-level of violent things, but he w- did display, like, violence and violent behaviors. And so and he was given, like, jail for, like, arson, burglary, breaking and entering, that kind of thing.
1: Like... Smaller yeah, stuff. Yeah, like at this point. At like, this point. Not not Relatively the child smaller should stuff. be doing but
2: it's normal for
1: like Yeah. For it's for it's a common thing for pe- like petty, petty, petty criminals. Yeah. Yeah. Petty so petty
2: he's he definitely did a lot of petty crimes. And so he received his first probationary sentence in December of nineteen sixty three for smashing a shop window.
1: Yeah. I I I don't think I did that when I was his age. I
2: <laughs> don't think so as well. <laughs> But so he married his first wife Sarah in September of
1: 1964. When, when that fir- first came in, I thought you were about to say his first cousin. And I
2: was like, <laughs> but in New York, <laughs> New York, so he married his first wife, who is hopefully not his first cousin, in September of 1964. And so they had one in the October of 65. But they di- they divorced quite quickly. After another probationary charge of unlawful entry in November of 65. So like a month after the divorce that his wow. son was born. So, But there, you'll sense there's a pattern here. Mm-hmm. And so he got married again after he was drafted into the army in April of 67. But that one was also like, he was very abusive in all of his relationships. He was incredibly abusive and had a lot of domestic violence. And so quite a few of them were very short-lived. Like I said, he was drafted for Vietnam, and he took a tour of duty in October of 67, and so after the duty and actually came back, he claimed that he murdered and cannibalized two young Vietnamese girls and several children while there. Oh, wow. I know. It's awful. And It is awful. But fortunately, there is really no corroborating evidence to support this, so I would like to hope that he did it. It was just lying and trying to sound like a really tough guy.
1: Yeah. We, we can at least hope. But we, we can hope, but from, I mean... From what you said, it sounds like he changes his story a lot and lies all the time, so... Yeah, but then again... Hopefully.
2: I've, I wouldn't put it past him, and also, like, the evidence during the Vietnam War, with the atrocities, like, done by both sides, it's mm-hmm. very hard to have record and yeah. evidence, especially in 67. Like, they were not having oh, DNA here and whatnot there, because they just didn't have that. Right. And especially if it was, like, women and children... And yeah, in Vietnam, they really weren't held to a very high standard. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, like there really is no way to know, but we can just hope that he never did. We can hope. And so he also claimed a combat kill, which he said he killed 39 people later, but was later investigated and was said that he made that up as well. And so authorities say that he did not kill anybody on his tour of duty. <laughs> Hopefully. So he's just like this big liar. Yeah.
1: Like, that sounds it. That sounds it.
2: He's trying to make himself sound cool too. I don't know who, but <laughs> he's trying to make himself sound cool. And so he returned from military duty in 1968, where he was in trouble once again. As was oh, caught- big
1: surprise there.
2: <laughs> he was caught and convicted of an arson attack. So another third arson. of the McDonald trial. Yeah. And so he... Re- he received two years, or he served two years of a five-year prison sentence. So he was given five years, but he only served two years for good behavior, mm-hmm. which is very surprising. Yeah. And he could get out so, like, I will, you will see this later, but the way, like, he could get out of jail, and it's very frightening. Mm-hmm. And so he was released in October of 71, and he returned to Watertown, New York, again.
1: He must have been really charming to be able to kind of use that yeah, charisma he, to...
2: He had to, but he was not... Okay, so my idea of attractive for a man yeah. is, like, very strange, mm-hmm. <laughs> you will learn. But he was, like, he was not at all attractive. Mm-hmm. But, yes, then again, I have incredibly high standards when it comes to that. <laughs> so
0: <laughs>
2: I am not a, um, yeah, I'm not a good witness on that stance.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: And so a year later, in April of... April 7th of 1972, he claimed his first victim. And I am going to do a quick war- content warning here. This- I'm going to be talking about crimes committed against children for a little while. Oh, and no. so, I know. So if you- I'm not going to go very far into detail, but it is crimes against children, so I just want to give a heads up. Hide your children. <laughs> this, Please do from this man. Good <laughs> thing he's not with us anymore. But he, his first victim was a 10-year-old neighbor named Jack Blake. Uh Uh And so Shawcross took him fishing just like a few days before he disappeared. But like he said, oh, I don't know what happened or like he denied knowing anything about the disappearance. And so two weeks after the disappearance, he got married again on April 22nd, 1972. He married his third wife named Penny, who was pregnant with his child. (laughs) Oh no. And so the authorities didn't find Jack's body for five months. Oh. And so, and when, they did an op- when they conducted an autopsy, it showed that he was sexually assaulted before his death and his, he was killed by suffocation.
1: It's awful. It's awful.
2: Oh, it's, it's horrible. And so, around the same time as when Jack disappeared, an eight year old girl named Karen Ann Hill also disappeared. I know this is so sad. And yeah. so, in September of seventy-two, her body was found under a bridge, and she had been raped and murdered there as well. Oh. And so, even more horrible, police found mud, leaves, and other debris that had been forced out her throat and inside of her clothing.
1: Ooh, that's so, weird.
2: Yeah, some mutilation of the body occurred, yeah. which is horrible.
1: Oh. But and how how old was she?
2: She was eight years old. Oh wow! That's I know awful. she was incredibly young
1: it's bad enough for for anyone to have to like go through that but for children especially that young like eight and ten years Mm -hmm. ten years old that's that's crazy like you're barely alive at that point Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) yeah and watertown like i don't so my idea of a small town is like Mm -hmm. very relative but i don't think it was an overly large. i'm gonna look it up really quickly but i don't think it was an overly large town and like especially with like like especially where um it was like yeah it doesn't look like a huge city but given that like they're younger and like one of Jack was his neighbor so it's like okay so it was 20 uh, their most recent census was um about 26,000 people so it's
1: okay.
2: relatively large
1: uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's like medium sized i guess <laughs> that's still pretty small this
2: is a big city in where from where i'm from yeah.
1: <laughs> I come from a city of millions, so, like, that's real small.
2: Yeah, I can't relate. But, like, so, like, it's a place where you're hoping your children are safe, and this is yeah. horrible that
1: this had happen. It has that small-town feel, probably. Definitely. Where, where nothing really bad happens. You're kind of, everyone knows each other probably. And yeah. maybe not I mean, so much because yeah. it is it is a little bit bigger. But you you probably at least recognize a lot of people. But it's, and, like,
2: this is the early 70s. Yeah. So, like, there's this love love trust kind of among yeah, community members. Definitely.
1: Especially since, it, like you said, it, it is a smaller, not too huge.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so some neighbors had remember seeing Shot Cross with Karen in the vicinity, like, the area of the bridge where she had, before her disappearance Mm -hmm. and like he also had a history of like run-ins with the local children of very horrible things like probably more of like revealing himself I really couldn't find records of what he did was Mm -hmm. probably more sexual because he was very very
0: in in that way
2: (sighs) he just let me just say he displays all three of the McDonald triad because I do not want to get into it more (laughs) And so, because of this, he was arrested on October 3rd, 1972. Finally. I mean, it wasn't too long after, but where he confessed to both killings. Okay. And so, he was only charged, though, with the girls, Karen Hill's killing, because there there wasn't a lot of evidence tying him to Jack Blake's murder. And so, he was only convicted for one. And because of that, he received a 25-year jail sentence. And his third wife penny divorced him shortly after <laughs> so he is <gets> through <laughs> three marriages very wow. quickly it's yeah kind of scarily impressive not gonna lie mm-hmm.
1: yeah in 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 a lot of ways I think that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with like his charm and charisma in order to like, I don't ma- like have so many spouses yeah it takes a special someone <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah I mean I watched a little bit of some interviews with him like when he was older mm-hmm. And maybe when he was older and, like, in prison for a while, he didn't have as much charisma, but he definitely blinked a lot. I can tell you that. (laughs) He was just, like, blinking the whole time. (laughs) Like, that, Like, blinking, like, rapidly. His eyes, like, really never stopped blinking. So it was Mm. kind of terrifying. But then again, he was older when this interview occurred.
1: I wonder if that's a sign of something else. Not necessarily, like crime wise but like mental illness wise or or
2: like mental wiring yeah we'll kind of get into that a little bit later about his mental state okay but not right now okay and so as you'll probably get quite mad he did not even though he's only sentenced to 25 years for murder
1: (laughs) which in and of itself isn't really that long that's that's a short sentence
2: i know that's way too short but he was given release on parole after serving less than 15 years of a sis- sentence.
0: 15?
2: Less than. He didn't even serve 15 years. Wow.
1: That's like nothing. That's like I barely know. a slap on the hand. That's crazy. Like,
2: like, that blows my mind. Like, it was around her age. And so, like, mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. But he was released on April, in April of 1987. And uh-huh. so, with his release, it was well publicized. And so, since he was a child killer and he moved to the Binghamton area of New York State, he was greeted of a public outcry, which was good on them. Yeah, for sure. Good on them. And so, he was forced to leave the area after a few months, along with a new girlfriend. Oh, named boy. Named Rose. <laughs> hmm
1: Of course, there's always a new girl, isn't there? <sighs>
2: And so, because of his crimes, he was unwelcome pretty much ev- anywhere, which, understandable.
0: Yeah.
1: I do.
2: I would not want a child killer, like, in my area at all. Yeah. Given his amount of violence. Like,
1: a, a sex offender is bad. Mm-hmm. It's really him. awful in and of itself. But, like, a child murderer, that's, like, a whole, whole other level right there. That's, mm-hmm. that's completely awful. So yeah. bad.
2: And so, because of this... The authorities made the decision to seal his criminal record in order to prevent a reoccurrence of the public alarm as that they had seen earlier. So they sealed his record.
1: Wow. But why? why, why? I I don't get that. Because there
2: was such a large public outcry when Uh he tried to settle in that one town after being released. And like, well, he has to live somewhere kind of thing. Yeah. So they sealed his record.
1: But does he deserve to live somewhere, though?
2: (laughs) That is fair. He, just, he deserved to be in a jail. But that is my personal opinion.
1: <laughs> don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, don't sue us. <laughs> Please don't, I don't have the money.
0: <laughs>
2: but so, yes, they sealed his record. And because of that, they he and his girlfriend moved to Rochester, New York, where she became his fourth wife.
1: Oh, boy. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. I feel like one's okay. Two, that's okay. Three's pushing it. Before that's too many.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, that, is is there a just, fifth? No.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Okay, that's good.
2: Yeah, but so he took a succession of like menial jobs, so, like just little kind of stuff that definitely. Irritated him, Mm -hmm. even though he had a very low IQ. But so that kind of that and also his lackluster marriage that he had just entered. So he was seeking solace and dopamine elsewhere. So that meant from prostitutes and a new girlfriend.
1: Oh, no. So he has another girlfriend. Oh, no. Claire
2: and Neil. And so it did not take Shawcross long to return to his murderous ways, unfortunately.
1: Big surprise there.
0: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And so, hunters soon discovered his next victim, a 27-year-old prostitute named Dorothy Blackburn, on March 24th, 1988.
1: Wow. I mean, as awful as that is, at least it's not children anymore.
2: Yeah, they're, the rest aren't children. They are all okay, adults. Okay, that's good. But I mean,
1: not good, but like...
2: Mm-hmm. It's still murder.
1: It is, and but, it's, it's still awful, no matter mm-hmm. which way you look at it. But,
2: but yeah, it's... Is now adults. And so her body is found in the Genesee River and was dumped after a vicious attack. Like he horribly attacked her and used lots of violence. And so during this attack, she ended up getting bite marks in her groin area and was Oof. strangled to death. Ouch. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: that does not sound great. It was horrible.
2: <laughs> and so there really wasn't much for evidence in this case. And so there really wasn't much public push either to solve the murder since she was a prostitute because of yeah. her line of work. Her case was stagnant for over a year.
1: Unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. how Bad. those tend to go. They Very unfortunately. tend to be less dead than, than mm. other people.
2: Yeah, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. And there were other murders of prostitutes at that time, like kind of over that year that her case was stagnant, but like given the danger of the profession and there really wasn't any linking evidence between the cases. It was just kind of sweeped under the rug and they just really didn't connect it all together. And then they found another body of another prostitute named Anna Steffen on September 9th, 1989, and that linked several of the victims back to this Genesee River killer. Mm-hmm. She wow. died of asphyxiation mm-hmm. and her body had been dumped in a similar manner to Blackburn's corpse. Her body was found far away from the original murder scene, so again, the possibility that a serial killer was at work was not really recognized again. Mm-hmm. Though so on October twenty-first, nineteen eighty-nine, the body of a homeless woman, Dorothy Keeler, age fifty-nine, was discovered. Followed six days later by another prostitute, wow. Patricia Ives. So they found Dorothy Keeler, and then six days later they found Patricia Ives in a very, in the practically the same area.
1: And was this all like they they were found like how decomposed were they? Were these like fresh kills or?
2: I really can't. F- find much. Okay. But they could tell that they were both asphyxiated. So not okay. well you can still f- discover somebody was asphyxiated even when it's just the skeleton because mm-hmm. of a breaking of a bone in your throat. Yeah. But I don't think they were overly decomposed though. Okay. it's a fairly so
1: They were probably all still killed around the same time. Yeah. In practically. pretty quick succession mm-hmm. most likely. Okay.
2: Yeah and so since they both went asphyxiated and dumped in the same area the press started to show an interest in the that the cases were linked. And so Arthur Shawcross officially received the nickname, even though they didn't know who it was yet, the Genesee River Killer. And so in all these cases, at least some attempt of concealing the body had been made. So like a little bit, probably not overly much though, given like how readily they were found. Yeah. And so when the police were investigating, this led them to believe that the perpetrator either had a criminal past or military experience, or in our case, both. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Okay, and so they began to talk to prostitutes working in the area and kind of told them, like, be careful. Um, This like, we're seeing a pattern with the prostitutes and, like, people in your area. And so, and they told them to kind of, like, look at and sought as much information as possible at strangers operating in the area. So, kind of, try and keep stuff under wrap. But then they also began checking criminal records from offenders who might be living in the immediate area. Since he had such um, knowledge of the area, they thought that, he had to be from the area, which mm-hmm. they were correct.
1: Yeah, which makes sense for mm-hmm. sure.
2: But because Shawcross's criminal record was sealed, he was completely shielded from the police search. So they did not know he had a criminal record
0: mm-hmm.
1: at all. That's awful.
2: And so, like, he did not come up on anything yeah. when he looked. Which was
1: horrible. That's awful. Yeah. That uh, it's never a good decision. It doesn't seem like, at least to me, that didn't, didn't seem like I a know. good decision.
2: I read that part that they had sealed his record, and it, I was like, that's not okay. Yeah. And so, like, they did definitely talk about later, and, like, when they arrested him, there was a lot of scrutiny towards the justice system for, mm-hmm. I mean, not only serving less than 15 years out of a 25-year sentence for murder that received a lot of scrutiny, but, yeah, getting really some parole for that. But especially sealing the records because like we have systems now. They can like search up like the um the like the rapist mm-hmm. database and sexual assault database or sexual offenders. So you can see kind of in your area how like certain people aren't allowed in certain areas within distance of like you shouldn't pro- I don't know if you lived within a certain distance of a school. Mm-hmm. But that's like another thing that's commonly practiced, and like this is the '80s. I don't think it was as common then. But I was not alive in the '80s, (laughs) so I can't tell you.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That I know. That doesn't. that's just. That's awful.
2: Oh, it it was so sad. It made me so mad reading it. Yeah. Like I was angry. No, I I bet. (laughs) And so prostitutes continued to disappear, and so it came very apparent that the killer was very familiar to the women that worked in the area, that worked on the street mm-hmm. in the area. And so the police were kind of, the women, like, talked to him, and so they were able to piece together a description of a regular client that they called Mitch or Mike. Oh, and Mike. so women said that this particular man was prone to being very violent during his, like, during the visits with them. Mm-hmm. So he was very violent. And so it was not long after that the body of a twenty six year old woman named June Stott, who was neither a prostitute or a drug user, was found on Thanksgiving Day in nineteen eighty nine. Well. She had been strangled and mutilated after her death and she had part of her genitals removed mm-hmm. and also kind of part of just that area down there. Yeah. Just wait, this is the kicker. Oh no.
1: Oh, no, I'm and scared.
2: she was gutted from throat to crotch.
0: Oh. Which
2: is in, like, a very similar style to, like, how hunters will really like yeah. animals, they said. Oh. But she was... And this, so this was, like, very... Like, the first time he had gotten so violent into the mutilation. Like, kind of before I said, like, how he, like, stuffed leaves and dirt for the... um
1: Yeah, for sure. For... Dung their throats Karen, and
2: stuff. Yeah, for Karen. That was for the eight-year-old. But, like, with, even with the later... Mm-hmm. Like, he always sexually assaulted them, and they had, like quite a few wounds around the genital area. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the first time that she was mutilated in such this dramatic way. And so it was very terrifying.
1: Yeah, that, that does sound really scary. Oh. Would this in any any way, like, be him kind of losing it? Or, or maybe just getting worse?
2: It was probably just him getting more well, confident, probably. I think. Yeah, okay. So he probably was, like, losing his, like... He's getting more confident and some more arrogant about it. I don't think he's, like, losing it mentally. Oh. Because he tried that angle later, which I'll definitely discuss more. Okay. But so just, I'm just thinking he's getting more confident and kind of exercising, like, I want to say curiosity. I just think he got more balanced and got more into it, mm-hmm. fortunately.
1: Maybe experimented more. Oh,
2: for sure. But... Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. That and, makes like, sense.
2: since how he, like, talked about the um, cannibalism, like, when he was in Vietnam... So I kind of wonder if that kind of relates to that. To say curiosity again, but just that interest of like dissection and like how we he gutted her, like in a very similar style, so yes, how the hunters will gut animals because you have to be careful.
0: Mm-hmm. I hate
2: to say it, it sounds so gruesome. And like, yeah, I don't know how to describe without me sounding like a very horrible person. <laughs> but you have to be careful in order to like preserve the meat. It's yeah. like kind of what, from my experience of Eating animals, you have to be careful with that. Mm. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't <laughs> sound like I kill people. I don't. <laughs> but, and so with this body count mounting, the police asked for assistance from FBI profilers. And so they divided good. the 11 unsolved prostitute murders into subgroups according to, like, method and position.
1: That's good. A lot of the cases like these that I've experienced and heard about like, they always refuse help or, like, don't have too much pride to ask for help. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that in this case they, they did get help because in a lot of cases that I've heard, it could have been prevented potentially or could have been different if they had asked for help.
2: Yeah, and I mean, this is after 11 murders, so it's a very dramatic number. So of yeah. the pressure, definitely from the media, was probably definitely. on them. Mm-hmm. And since there had been the first person who was not a prostitute or a drug user, like, yeah. she... I don't remember what... I tried to look her up more, but there really wasn't much information
0: mm-hmm.
2: on her. But yeah, she, she wasn't as much of a risk for as being a victim as like prostitutes and drug users who are more frequently on the streets and just also the level of violence that was displayed when they fought on her body oh, yeah and demonstrated on her body oh yeah it's probably enough to scare <laughs> them into getting outside help because Which... they were probably not at all equipped to deal yeah. with you in a smaller town yeah this is, is not true. something you see every day
0: that is true um,
2: Thankfully, it is not something you see every day. And so uh, during their investigations, the profilers developed a profile that said that the killer was most likely a white male in his 20s or 30s who was strong and probably had a, a previous criminal record. He was familiar with the area and comfortable enough with victims that they could either enter his vehicle without question, which okay. pretty much fits him to a T. Mm-hmm. Does Doesn't it? Um, yep. Arthur Shawcross was about six feet tall. Okay. And he was 300 pounds. He was a large man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a big dude. That is a
2: <laughs> huge man. Like his...
1: imagining just like a giant, like the Jolly Green Giant, but murderous.
2: <laughs> yes. That's exactly who did it. Like, you're you're on the case. (laughs) You should have done the research this week instead of me. But, um, so, because there's a lack of sexual interference, so he was probably, had had, like, gel dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so, like, with, like, he tended to do, like, he would sexually assault them, not with, I don't know, I don't want to get too gross into this, but, yeah, he would sexually assault them, but he um, most likely had sexual dysfunction. That's all I'm gonna leave it at. Okay. And so the post mortem injury that was inflicted to June Stott, such as, like, yes, an entire dissection and gutting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, not on any other victim that in- indicated that the killer's becoming more comfortable around corpses. And so, this mm-hmm. showed that he was also probably returning to the crime scene again to relive the attack. Because, mm-hmm. like, since he got such a high, yeah. he's probably gonna come back again later. Okay. To experience all it all again because he was working relatively menial jobs and so he was probably going out just searching for another way to like experience that high mm-hmm. that yeah, you want to have something of. fun in your life come on <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah just don't mm-hmm. don't go murder people that's not the way that you should
2: be mm-hmm.
1: finding to fun in your life
2: yeah, other ways. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but that'll be the one thing I put my foot down on.
1: Go bowling or something. Yeah, go bowling. Bowling's fun. Bowling is
2: fun. Yeah, or like, I don't know, hiking. Hiking's relaxing. Hiking is fun.
1: Just don't um, find any dead bodies or make new dead bodies all on your hike. Yeah. Um,
2: Bring enough water for sure. <laughs> hydrate or dihydrate? I
1: dihydrate.
0: Anyways. Anyways.
2: <laughs> yes. Oof. And... So, he would, yes, come back, relive the attack. And so, once again, the discovery of a body of Elizabeth Gibson on November 27th was a breakthrough, kind of, in a sense, Mm -hmm. for subject, subject, suspect. Mitch had been seen with her shortly before her disappearance. And so, they could kind of see see him again, but, like, they knew that it was this Mitch character. Okay. That the um, ladies on the street had been talking about. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of knew who he was, but they also didn't. So they they got a break, but they also weren't even closer to establishing who this Mitch slash Mike was. Yeah. And so the police tried various tactics. So like they canvassed like the local bars, but it didn't turn up anything. And so when a pair of discarded jeans was found near the river, the Genesee River, on December 31st, 1989, it was containing an ID for a girl named Felicia Steffens. And so the police began an um, aerial search to the surrounding area via helicopter. Okay. And so on January 2nd, 1999, the helicopter spotted what appeared to be a naked female body laying on the ice surface of the river by a bridge in the forest. That's awful. Unfortunately, the body was not Felicia Steffens. Oh, no. But another missing prostitute named June Cicero. Oh, wow. She had also been mutilated post-mortem. And she was practically sawed in half.
1: jeez. Like, are, are, yeah, horizontally? Kind of
2: like, that's what I think. Okay, that makes more Not, sense. I, that I makes sense. Kind of, yeah, it'd make more sense to do horizontally instead of vertically. Yeah. More like magician's trick gone wrong. Kind of thing.
1: <laughs> that's still, that's awful. Yeah, it's horrible.
2: T- like, another victim. Yeah. But even more importantly... The helicopter spotted a man standing on the bridge next to a small van.
0: Mm.
2: He appeared to either be urinating or masturbating. Two very different mm. things. Two <laughs> <Very> different things. <laughs> so, but neither of them I would explain, you could really explain on a bridge.
1: I mean, if you gotta go, you gotta go, but...
2: But, like, you're in a remote area, though, too, kind of. Yeah. So, like, you would pull off the bridge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that, that, that is really weird.
2: Yeah, so, like, they were very suspicious. Yeah, I would have been, too. <laughs> good reasons, because...
1: Could could he see the body from the bridge up there? Okay. Like,
2: like with it being frozen? Yeah. He probably could, because it was discovered near the bridge, okay. and so with him on the bridge, you could probably quite clearly see it. Mm-hmm. And so, fortunately for the authorities, as they had speculated, Shawcross had returned to the scene of one of his crimes to relive the prolet to relive... It. English is hard. <laughs> to relive the pleasure of the attack. Okay.
1: That makes sense. So mm-hmm. you mentioned the genes. Yes. And that was to someone that we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't found the body right. Yeah, right? So
2: far not. Okay. But
1: So does does he take trophies at all? Because he keeps going back to relive it, but just does he take anything or maybe, like, he took those from a, a, a kill that they haven't found yet and he took it kind of as a trophy but then decided against it maybe?
0: Um.
2: So what I know, they really don't m- mention Felicia or Felicia Stefan again. Okay. So I really don't know where... It, where. It okay. came from, it could have been a trophy, but it's wasn't a previous um, murder that we had talked about. Okay. But, and it also wasn't one of his later ones he end up confessing to more. Like, I'm kind of jumping the gun and, mm-hmm. um, so spoiling it. So, it could
1: potentially just have been something completely unrelated.
2: It could have been. But, I mean, then again, it's also sp- suspicious that her ID was yeah, on it. Yeah,
1: definitely. And, like... It's a little weird. And,
2: in the jeans in the middle of winter. Yeah. Like, I mean, skinny diving can be a fun way... <laughs> But well, you are not skinny diving over the new year. <laughs> I've never been to New York, but I'm guessing it's quite chilly.
1: Yeah, that sounds about very cold.
2: Mm-hmm. Very and cold. Especially when the river is frozen. Mm-hmm. Y- you're not doing the polar plunge in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> I would not suggest it also. <laughs> yeah, so I really don't know where like the jeans came from. I really could find, like, it was honestly kind of hard to find information, like, mm-hmm. most of the information I found about this guy was his death, mm-hmm. which is, like, bummer, but, because I wish they would, can like, the death was, like, kind of, like, breeze over it, like, I wish mm-hmm. they would have described more, and maybe it's because it was, like, before the age of the internet, in 89, yeah. and so they didn't really transfer the records yet.
1: That would make sense.
2: And, but... and, yeah, and since this is not, like, an overly well, like, it's relatively well-known, Mm -hmm. But it's, like, not ridiculously well-known, like, Ted Bundy. Yeah,
1: it's not, like, one of the big famous people that everyone knows, Mm -hmm. for sure.
2: And so they really didn't know much about him. Mm -hmm. And so because they saw Shawcross on the bridge and that he had gone back to one of his crimes... The patrol teams on the ground were alerted to the vehicle, which had sped away. But fortunately, they were able to track down the car via the registration. So they could see, like, the license plate. Good. And probably other registration things. And so when they tracked it down, it showed that the car was under the name of his girlfriend, Claire Neal.
0: (laughs) Which one?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair.
2: (laughs) So not his wife, but the girlfriend. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, I don't know if he... Divorced her I don't think he had a divorced her yet, but like he was stepping off this lady for kind of, I guess, a little while. But mm-hmm. I don't know, it's kind of weird. And so when he was approached, Shawcross agreed to assist the police with their inquiries. And like when they asked for Stratford's license, he told them, "Oh, I don't have one," <laughs> and told <laughs> them that he had been in jail for manslaughter. So he said, oh, I don't have a license, and I was in jail for manslaughter, which is, like, <laughs> not two good things to shout out, start off a conversation with a
1: cop. Yeah, especially when they're investigating a murder scene, because mm-hmm. you were just masturbating to a body. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyways, getting back on track. So the police are confident that they had their killer. And so, like, earlier, like, when they kept talking to him, they showed that he revealed the earlier child deaths that he had committed. And because he really couldn't go back to prison for it since mm-hmm. he was on parole. And if, if he was following his parole and he showed good, good behavior, good behavior in air quotes, <laughs> oh. he really went to go back. And so after he told them that, and especially the grandiose account of his Vietnam War service of, mm-hmm. "Oh, I had 39 combat kills," and I <laughs> killed two Vietnamese women and killed children and cannibalized them. So like,
1: which ended up not being true, which
2: All hopefully ended up not being true.. Yeah. And so because of that, they are very certain. That they had their man, mm-hmm. and so a photo taken of him during the initial questioning soon confirmed his identity as Mitch. And official inquiries unearthed the re- the reason for Shawcross's sealed record, which prevented the police from tracking him down sooner.
1: Yeah, that's awful.
2: I know. I was like, so how mad. much?
1: How much? Could have been prevented or at least, like, caught before sooner. Mm-hmm. You know, like, How
2: if many that wasn't. Lives could have been saved. Yeah, no. man. That's horrible. But even despite all of this evidence, the police were unable to get Shawcross to admit to the murders.
0: Big
1: surprise there. I'm not surprised. He seems to lie as a
2: on He's way a out of everything. He's a terrific liar. However,
1: at least try to.
2: They confirmed a piece of jewelry that he had given to his girlfriend, mm-hmm. Claire Neal had previously belonged to, a vic- to the victim, June Cicero. So when they caught that he had taken a trophy and given it to his girlfriend, yeah. they threatened to implicate her in the killings. Oh. And uh-huh. mm-hmm, Surprisingly, he said no and admitted to most of the murders.
1: Well, that's good. At least he didn't, like, that let shocked her go me, down though. with him.
2: That, he seems like a level of scumbag that would, yeah.
1: like... Yeah, that would totally let her come down with him, mm-hmm. even though she probably had nothing to do with it. Yeah,
2: even though she probably had, like, a good alibi to everything, mm. which they would probably be able to later prove. So hopefully he still would have gotten the fall for it. But, I mean, this is early, like, 1990. You really never know Yeah. how much they'd prove. Yeah. And so... He also, while admitting to the murders, he gave detailed excuses about why he was forced to kill.
1: Oh boy, of course he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like
2: there really isn't also much saying why he was forced to kill. Like I know I probably could have done more research into it, mm-hmm. but like there really wasn't much to say why. It it kind of sco- comes apparent later in his trial, which is more. But like there was no. It definitely wasn't like a Berkowitz. Of Mm. a dog was talking to me kind of thing. Yeah. Or, like, somewhat, like, the world wasn't going to end if I didn't. Right.
1: Or was it maybe just a really bad attempt at that, at trying to to set up an insanity defense?
2: It probably was. And I also probably think that maybe had a link to, like, his sexual deviance. Yeah. And, like, just how, like... With him growing up and saying that he was sexually assaulted by his aunt and had yeah such a horrible childhood, according to him, that could have probably also been a link to that, since, like, yes, he has such an unstable upbringing. Mm-hmm. But his formal confession was nearly 80 pages long.
1: <laughs> Jeez. That, that's quite the confession. It's pretty long.
2: <laughs> that is a day read. <laughs> and so during this confession he also admitted to killing two other undiscovered bodies and those of the prostitutes Maria Welsh and Darlene Chippy. And so he also led the investigators to their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so in November 1990, Shawcross went on trial for 10 of the murders that, ho- that had occurred in Monroe County. The last victim, Elizabeth Gibson, had been killed in a neighboring Wayne County, so he could be trialed in the Monroe
0: County. Okay. And
2: so the trial was a national media event. It's extensively televised and widely viewed. Shawcross's defense team tried to build a case based on the insanity plea, like I mentioned earlier. Citing various mitigating factors such as his upbringing, post traumatic stress as a result of military service, assist on the brain, and even a rare genetic defect. Hmm. So they tried everything.
1: Yeah. They th- pulled
2: at everything.
1: Sounds like a, <clears throat> a myriad of different things. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it, it sounds like they were grasping at straws.
1: Yeah. They're like, ooh, okay, this could work. But mm-hmm. maybe this could work. But maybe maybe this could work.
2: he has assist on his brain, but. He had a horrible upbringing. <laughs> so yeah, they tried everything, but the prosecution was quick to dispute these claims about his childhood and the, and the military service. And so also count like, by casting doubts on his testimony. The physiological evidence of the brain science and the genetic factors was at best like very difficult to validate.
0: yeah.
2: And so like, and it was also beyond the understanding of the jury. Like when you kind of explain mm-hmm. something as technical as a brain cyst and a genetic, a genetic defect that could lead you into oh i had to murder these people you probably have to kind of put it more into layman's terms to really explain it well to which is basically your job when you're a lawyer to explain it to the jury in a way that favors your side
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and show them why without a reason of doubt you are correct yeah and so there really wasn't good presentation when the expert witnesses were called to the extent so like expert in air quotes (laughs) (laughs) so they maybe like yeah like the WebMD of <laughs> doctors in 1990.
1: Yeah, we found him on Craigslist. He's totally <laughs> legit.
2: <laughs> we found him on Craigslist. I say like that doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> He's totally legit.
1: <laughs>
2: we found him in the like the ads in the newspaper.
1: Mm, that's probably more likely. Most likely.
2: <laughs> and and so he was declared sane and also okay. caught guilty of 10 instances of second-degree murder.
1: Only second.
2: I know. I was kind of thinking about that, like, just I don't know. Like, it just seemed like he, pl- like he planned and picked them up. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't seem like a fair sentence
0: for all of yeah, them. Yeah,
1: that that does kind of sound weird. Seem weird that it's only second degree, because there there had to be at least some sort of level of premeditation. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe and... they ruled against it because he kind of just picked random people off the streets. Yeah, so I was
2: kind of thinking more yeah. since there were. The victims that he chose could be quite opportunistic Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I want to murder someone. So just kind of strolling down the street and like, oh, I found somebody. Yeah. But so like I can kind of see it, but also kind of can't. But like (laughs) the judge sentenced him 25 years for each count. So which totaled in 250 years of imprisonment, which is like 25 years only per count. Like akin with that.
0: Yeah, earlier the, one
2: like only 25 years.
0: It seems a little low,
1: but I know. I guess, guess it seems... adds up, but still.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It just left me a little, with a little yeah. bit of a strange feeling. It rubs you
1: the wrong way a little bit. Very much. <laughs>
2: Did not like that. And so a few months later, Shokass was taken to Wayne County and tried for Elizabeth Gibson's murder. Mm-hmm. And so rather than try his insanity claim this time. He pleaded guilty. He's like, I mean, I'm already in prison for the rest of my life. Yeah. What the heck? That's good, at least. He received a further life sentence. So, like, there was no way this man was going to get out. Yeah,
1: that's good. Mm -hmm. He deserves to be there.
2: Yep. And so he was held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in New York State until November 10th, 2008, when he complained of pain in his leg. And later, when he was transferred to a hospital, he died that day of cardiac arrest.
0: So
1: heart attack. Rest in hell.
2: <laughs> Cardiac
1: rest in hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. But. Man, that was, that I was know. an adventure.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I had never heard of this guy before. I know. I was kind of surprised.
2: Like, I really hadn't heard of him either. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I don't know, I definitely think, he probably is well known and i kind of like with my searching i did see that i think they kind of based one of his characters on like on his crimes on a criminal minds character Mm -hmm. but i really didn't dive too deep into that Mm -hmm. but yeah given his crimes and like how violent they were especially I was kind of surprised that they weren't well known.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially with mm-hmm. the, the gutting of multiple women. I know. Oh, but,
2: that may be so sad to read. But yeah, yeah. definitely. And I also think because probably quite a bit of it was because he picked up prostitutes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and like I like I mentioned before, they're kind of kind of less mm-hmm. seen as less dead. Yeah, um, and... they don't have family members or mm-hmm. support systems as much.
2: Yeah, well, even a couple of them were mothers of children, mm-hmm. and so they, they they left behind children. So they're very much people, but yeah, they're definitely kind of not in the position of trying to, like, the publicity. And this was, like, 1990. They don't have, or, like, the late 80s, so they didn't have the social media that we have today yeah. that, like, can definitely widespread. Oh, have you seen this man? Or, like, have, do you have any information on mm-hmm. um, my relative? So that's probably another factor in it, but his trial was a very televised Thing a lot like Bundy, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I just burn guess like Bundy
1: Byrne.
2: <laughs> Bundy Yes, but yes, yeah, so I just guess it surprised me that he wasn't as well known. Yeah, but I was yeah, he's not
1: remembered as well, but mm-hmm. I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and it
2: also could have been <laughs> because he wasn't executed like a big thing yeah Bundy, and Bundy true. like got away. So that's probably his terrifying thing was he got away so much. Yeah,
1: he escaped a couple times.
2: Ugh. But, so yeah, he wasn't publicly executed. Like, he kind of lived out his life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he also wasn't. Which, surprisingly, like, people who, like, molest and attack children tend to be, they're, like, the lowest and low of the prison system. Like, yeah. Like, the, the prison hierarchy, like, a lot of them are attacked. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people, like, they refuse to go to jail, like, if they were, um, tried for, like, child molestation or, like. So they will commit like suicide before going to jail because they like refuse to go I'm kind yeah. of... I don't know, I guess I didn't say too much from reports that he was really attacked in jail. It's too bad. But <laughs> I know. He in a
1: lot of it. ways, it's kind of too bad. But mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, that was the case, the murder spree of Arthur Shawcross.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Good job. Yeah. That, was, that was very good.
2: Oh, no. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I will get better.
1: Yeah, it's this. it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. you did do great, don't worry.
2: We but. we apologize to everyone listening. We are very <laughs> new at this. Like I kind of mentioned in our trailer, normally when we talk to each other about crimes, it'll be very like, "Oh, and then they like did this, which I really don't remember much of." <laughs> but like he murdered a bunch of women and like even one like he horribly mutilated. But like I don't remember what he did. Like that's yeah. how we would normally explain it to each other. So yeah. there's, there's progress, but we will practice and we will try to get better for you guys because we're really having fun at this. Yes. And we want you guys to have fun too.
1: We are. We're having a lot of fun. This has been a great experience for us so far. Mm-hmm. And we, we continue. Uh, we hope that it continues to yeah. be. We continue that it we hopes to be. be. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> we continue that it hopes to be fun for you guys as well.
1: <laughs> but yes, we, we thank you for really? listening. Um, mm-hmm. and we hope you really enjoyed it.
2: And if you have a case that you think that you'd maybe like us to try or something, because we're relatively kind of new to true crime, well, I, we know quite a few cases, but there's so many out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so if there's one... And there's
1: always more coming out. Oh, so if if there if there's some around you, some local mm-hmm. cases, just...
2: We definitely would love so, to do those as well. Yeah. See, I was kind of doing some other research when mm-hmm. I was, um, when I had some time, and I found some cases that were... Kind of local to me, I guess, and they're That's definitely exciting. not well known. And I'm 100 percent doing it. I'm very <laughs> excited. Like, I texted Andrew because we kind of have this kind of theme we're thinking of doing later. Mm-mm. And I said, I claim, like, I claim this. Like, <laughs> we're not getting it. Yeah. And so Andrew's like, okay, and like <laughs> backed away. I'm sorry. This <laughs> be <"Let's make> your <laughs> homicidal side. Be careful.
1: Yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> You should be. I'm going to make sure to lock my doors tonight. <laughs> you shouldn't normally lock your door. I'm going to sleep in the closet. I'm scared. <laughs> you should be scared. Ah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: We promise we are good friends. Definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are. We are.
2: We are. <laughs> but, yes, thank you so much for joining. We hope that you enjoyed. And if you'd like to reach out to us, we are on a lot of the socials that yes, my co-host had so lovely put together because I am a grandma when it comes to technology.
1: <laughs> so starting off with our Gmail, it's uh, H, no, wait, and H. C and H pod at gmail.com. I messed last week too, with oh, the, yeah, the first did. episode said h and c but it's c and h because confused homicidal, homicidal not homicidal and confused sorry i messed that up <laughs> again
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah disclaimer again <laughs> <laughs> but we also have a, a twitter it's c and h podcast we have an instagram c and h pod and we also have a TikTok talk and that's at CNH pod as well. So yeah, we there's going to be pictures from this episode yes. on all of the socials. If you missed it, go go check it out. Mm-hmm. There There is pictures from the first episode.
2: Yeah, or just to kind of see what they look like cuz I know yeah. definitely when I'm like listening or doing crime, it's very just easy not like just just kind of get separated from that mm-hmm. these are people with families and it's so, like being able to see their faces just kind of puts it all their perspective like what you're doing so yeah.
1: Give, gives a face to a name oh 100 De- definitely humanizes everyone in the situation
2: mm-hmm. and also the oh that's what they look like <laughs> like when you're like picturing them in your head mm-hmm. like oh very much happens to me but I think it more so happens like to people I'm like listening to and yeah. they use their picture it's like oh definitely I was not expecting you to be blonde
1: <laughs> that's happened to me so so many times or like
2: But I guess we should probably- we're doing a Midwest goodbye. A long Midwest (laughs) goodbye. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining. We cannot express just how much we appreciate you being here and listening to it. Like, it is beyond words. Like, this has just been such an exciting thing. And, like, having people join in with us is beyond mental comprehension for me sometimes.
1: I wasn't expecting anyone to listen to our first episode, and- on the first day, it's don- gone better than I was expecting, so. I know,
2: like, I saw that, it was, like, so exciting. So, yeah, and most of our cases will also probably be U.S. kind of based. And, so, like, probably. Most likely, as, as yeah. we are both from the United States.
1: Yeah, I mean, half the cases that I've been researching aren't from the U.S., but. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's been really weird. Like, all of the cases that I've been thinking about have all been foreign for some reason oh that's insane though i haven't quite made made my way back home yeah but i will i will
2: because yeah we definitely like to try like if there's a well known case in your area or just a case that you would love to hear more about please reach out to us we'd be very happy and we'd both probably be ecstatic and just like just yeah you'll probably feel the sense of excitement because it may or may not be a reply in all caps (laughs) if it's for me no promises
1: there or just uh, if it's from me, just a a, a flurry of very quick messages, <laughs> very excited. Probably a, a pretty hyper me responding, which pretty a one
2: hundred percent hyper Andrew. When like when he gets really excited or like shocked by something, it's like a word or like a couple words in like all caps <laughs> as text messages, which is. Has been what I have received a couple times. Yeah,
1: and I send him like ten at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: so your phone is just like buzzing, and like you're trying to do something. It's like what? So we will. I will try and get, tell Andrew not to do that, but we'll see what his self control does.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my my case is next yes. week. Yes. So Pinch as for us or no? as I was saying, this one does not take place in the U.S. again. Um, I again I don't know why you I really. You haven't done
2: a domestic case yet. Have not. The last one was in Canada.
1: Canada? This one across the other side of the world. Um okay. somewhere uh in Russia okay. over there. And yeah. So this one this one's an old timey case. Um it happened long long time ago like World War 2. May or may not actually be true crime. May or may not just be mm-hmm just creepy stuff yeah
2: and yeah another thing like we do want to kind of like it would be we are also very interested in like kind of like creepy stuff quote unquote from Mm -hmm. andrew (laughs) (laughs) but just yeah like eerie yeah if there's something that went on like your area that's like oh like not many people know about this because there's so much hidden history like everywhere and it absolutely blows my mind and i love learning about it
1: me too if you have any anything you want to share just shoot us an email shoot us a a dm or whatever you want we Mm -hmm. will try our best to respond in a timely fashion we and, are kind and of busy also people, but...
2: Also, not as excited puppy fashion. Hopefully,
1: but <laughs> I make no promises. <laughs> we make no
2: promises for that.
1: <laughs> All right, but we, we hope you enjoyed, um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll see you next time.
2: Yeah, and thank you so much for joining. We will catch you on another conversation. Bye.